He is T-Bag. No, I am T-Bone. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see who science has a crush on. Ooh, I'm going to ask you guys. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Christopher Gibson. G'day. And Cameron Shearer. Hello. Okay. I'll go first. Let's go current or past crushes. Mm, all right. Okay. I've got a current crush on my wife for the former chief scientist of Australia, Dr. Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a chubby for Chubb. <laughs> Let's end the podcast there. That's yeah. excellent. <laughs> so that's, great. that's yeah. who science would have a crush on. Oh, that's who I have a crush on. So yeah. why not? Yeah. So why why Chubb? Oh, I I just uh, he just speaks so well. Uh, I've seen him speak a few times, and he yeah. just uh, he cuts the crap. He gets to the point, uh, and he knows what's important. Okay, I, I didn't actually think of science having a crush on a specific person. I thought of science having a crush on another field of study. Okay, like homeopathy. Oh, you think it likes a bit of dirt? Yeah, I do. Likes- <laughs> I do. I think science is like it's it's, it's dangerous. It's illegitimate. Yeah. So it's getting in there. So science like, is like, oh, this is naughty. I yeah, shouldn't. I yeah, shouldn't. We shouldn't yeah. be doing this. Homeopathy is like, oh, science is so advanced and big. Ooh. Who? All right, Chris. Who did you have, or do you, who do you currently have a crush on? Science wise. No, no, like actual Chris Gibson, teabag wise. Oh, my wife, of course. Oh yeah, apart from that boring. Oh, you mean? All oh, right, in the um, past, past time. Oh, uh, I used to have a bit of a crush on Catwoman from the Batman TV series. Good. Yeah, yeah, she was nice. All right, I'm going to tell you my past crush. This is a real person or a celebrity? No, this is a celebrity. Well, celebrities very loose term. Yeah. And Jennifer Lopez. I used to have a crush on her too. Oh, that's good. Everyone, that's all right. It doesn't count. Everyone does. Um, Do you remember the Mighty Ducks? Yeah. I really had a crush on Julie the Cat Gaffney, <laughs> right? What? She was one of the goalkeepers. <laughs> oh, my oh. God. It's so weird. And, like, I would have dreams about her, not, like, sexy dreams. I don't think I was old enough. But, I'd like, I was really obsessed about her. And I looked her up, and now she's she's she played a prostitute in a movie in 2007. And Ooh. I think that was the last. And the crush is back. And, the- yeah. <laughs> and how many times have you watched that? <laughs> yeah, that's what a weird little thing, isn't it? And there's one scene where she's brought in to save a hockey puck mm-hmm. and it's like shootouts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that used to drive me wild, that scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. So while you were... Is you she were wearing a-, a helmet? Yeah. She's in full hockey gear. That's, Apparently that's my thing. I don't get it. Yeah. That's fairly ambiguous sexually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think science would have a crush on... Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, yeah. I was looking up Bill Nye, the science mm-hmm. guy. He's got an engineering degree, worked for Boeing. Yep. He's got a failed stand-up comedy career. Mm. And he's not really a scientist anymore. Uh-huh. That's crazy to me. I thought he was like a Richard Dawkins or like a... Ah. like I thought he was like a ex professor or ex-researcher or ex-PhD okay. in something. Yep. But he's just a guy that has... So he did. He's got. He's got some sort of undergraduate degree in engineering. Engineering. He's yeah. a very successful engineer. So at one point he was a, a kind of a scientist. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was looking at this this comments on his Facebook on a YouTube video. Yeah. And it was like engineering does not equal science. Thoughts. Uh, it does absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I mean, he's just doing science communication, isn't he? Now he is. It's, yeah. Yes, it's not that hard. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All my little science buddies. Yes. News from the week. Yes. Tell me. What have you got? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I went to the hey. theatre last night. The oh. theatre. Oh, my yes. God. Cameron. No, yeah. no papers this week. I went to the theatre last night instead. Theatre. What did you go see? I went to see Mr. Burns. Uh, did you enjoy but, it? Well, this is. it wasn't that good. <laughs> How many test tubes out of five? I'd probably give it. Three, two and a half, five out of ten. Ooh, all right. I prefer okay. 
scores in decimal points. No problem. That's your prerogative. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> and it kind of like I've been to the theater a few times. Do you like going to the theater, Andy? Uh, well, I can't remember the last time I went to the theater. Well, I. Yeah. Well, I don't get invited a lot because I do complain that I can see the acting. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that bothers me. Do you know what I mean by see the acting? We like, talked about this before, yeah. 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 You, you, yeah, it's kind of obvious that there's acting going on. Yeah, like, I can see, dialogue. The, I can yeah, see yeah. the person behind the character, and that really gets to me. Real people don't speak like that. Yeah, this no, flu- this fluid right. flow that we've got going now is natural. It's brilliant. Sexy. It's amazing. Yeah. But it's not scripted, people. No. Except for the massive amounts of paper I've got in front of me <laughs> that I read from. Yeah. So the best thing I've seen live is probably The Lion King, the, the theatre show. Ooh, oh, nice. Yeah. Is it, it better than Lion King, the, the movie? Uh, yes. Oh, nice. But oh, wow. I would still say that like you pay $100 or something mm-hmm. per person, whereas I can watch American Beauty on Netflix. For fourteen ninety nine a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's no real competition, is there? Mm. So, I mean, the whole point is like, what's what's up with the theater? It's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit expensive, isn't it? What you get. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're absolutely I mean, right. All right. Quick science news. Science news. Woo-hoo. So, uh, uh, in the last week or so, I heard that I won two <gasps> competitive bids to attend. Synchrotrons. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, it's competitive. So that needs to be applauded. I think we need a synchrotron sound effect. And so the reason why I want to go to the synchrotron is because the light that I get off the synchrotron has really high brilliance. Mm, So brilliance is a unit of measure and it comes from the photons of light. So photons like light particle mm-hmm. of a specific energy which hits a set area so a very small area uh, per second lots of photons small area short time what's your joke that you got in your head i i always preempt your jokes <laughs> or what do i have no i haven't got a joke i thought you were gonna say and so andy's forehead is brilliant <laughs> <laughs> brilliant great one <laughs> That was good. Were you, were you going to say that? No. <laughs> You're anticipating payouts that aren't going to happen. This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> and so the synchrotron is actually one million times brighter than the light that comes out of the sun. Jesus. So almost as bright as, <laughs> <laughs> almost as, bright as the fucking photons bouncing off Andy's fucking head and scorching my retina right now. You watch it. This is Cameron's fault. He's put too many spotlights in his house. If I look at your head for 10 seconds, then I look away, I can still see your head. (laughs) Very good. Very good. And you got beam time, but tell us about the places where the beam time is. Okay. Yeah. So I'm doing uh, one week in Japan at the Hiroshima light source. Ooh. And one week... Uh, in Melbourne at the Australian Synchrotron. Less. Uh, ooh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm basically just doing the same experiments that I do already at Flinders, but with this much more intense light source. So I get a lot more signal. And so what would normally take me two weeks to achieve, I should be able to get in 10 minutes. Ooh. Wow. Awesome. How brilliant. Yeah. Uh. Andy, news. I got news. Right. First of all, I had an interview on ABC Radio. Holy Ooh. shit. Yeah, yeah, went in. And uh, obviously, I'm using this opportunity to kind of like put stuff on LinkedIn because this sort of stuff where you say, like, I was in the ABC studios talking about, I was talking about early career research, talking about my TEDx talk. And okay. um, I was invited a couple of weeks ago to go along. I said, great, I'm going to do it. But when you take selfies and put it up online, people love this shit. Yeah, I They saw that. love it. It's like... And I knew, I, I know that. And I'm trying to build this momentum of like, hey, I'm out there. I'm communicating. I'm being like a spokesperson for yeah, things. Wearing a shirt. Wearing a shirt. I didn't wear a shirt, actually. Kate said I should. But I took a. I took you a, went bare chested to did, an interview yeah, in the yeah, ABC. Yeah. I wasn't even wearing pants. <laughs> Were you wearing tracksuits and one flip flop? I was. That's it. Yeah. And I was drunk. <laughs> I had a needle hanging out my arm. You've been on cops. <laughs> Someone told you to be memorable. That's right. Yeah. Bad cops, bad cops. What and you gonna do? as you were just speaking, I, I do remember. So now I'm in a position where I need to just show a little bit of momentum, a little bit of something every week. Like, oh, I got this published or. Mm. I wrote this article or I was in these studios. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to build up something. And I took my selfie in the booth. Yep. 
and I, I put it up and I put a nice tag and put it on Twitter. And then as I'm looking at the photo, I'm like, hmm, that's not my best because my forehead was really, <laughs> really shiny. My head was like shiny. Like, so I went in and I cropped the photo. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so that it's here. Yeah, I it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, That's wow. the plan. But I'm trying to be Mr. Stop looking at my forehead, both of you. <laughs> I can see your eyes flicking out like, hmm. Can't stop looking at it now. It's beautiful, isn't it? Tell us more about the interview. Like, who was interviewing you? So it was a lady from, right, this is a great thing about the internet, right? I was in a studio for 10 minutes and I did talk about early career research and it was for Port Pirie, right? They do science in the studio every week. And for people that don't know who where that is, it's just a small kind of outpost yeah. in South Australia. Mm. So it's maybe, what, 300 kilometers north of Adelaide? Yeah. I so have, maybe. This I have. is the Port Pirie ABC. The- yeah. yeah. So it's more local. They focus on local news, really. But they've got a deal with the government that they do science in the studio. They invite a researcher or a scientist in yeah. and they talk about something. So did you drive to Port Piri? No, I did it in the ABC studios in Adelaide. Okay. But mm. of course, that is actually quite impressive. If I was being interviewed for ABC Adelaide, I think that would be quite impressive. But smoke and mirrors, yeah, you I were, can you just say, in the I was studios. in, that's right. So on the thing, I'm like, interview in the ABC studios and they, I didn't put a time. They don't know it's 10 minutes. Yeah. People don't know that it's actually for Port Piri with a li- listener base of six. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, And so I feel like everyone's doing this on social media and LinkedIn and stuff. I'm just joining in. Yeah. Is but, that ethical? Well, Is it ethical? Now you've told you're everyone. Not lying, you know, no, I'm not lying. You've told everyone now what you're going to do. Yeah, I don't give a shit though. <laughs> Our tens or hundreds of P-pop listeners That's will right. now know from around the globe. Yeah. So the gig is up. The gig's up. That's it. But I'm hoping that, you know, it, it's all about getting your face out yeah, there. And I, I think, think that's true for researchers well, too. Well, at least two-thirds of your face. Maybe not Fuck your forehead. Fuck off. <laughs> 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 your, from your eyebrows down. <laughs> Even slightly above my eyebrows is a bit too much. I'm on fire. But yeah, I mean, so... I, I'm doing that for Psycon, but like I said, like I think that's true for researchers too. Get yourself yeah, in absolutely. glossy things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't do enough of that. Mm. Nearly most of my face should be out there as well. Pretty well all of it. I look at successful researchers that I know and I do see on their LinkedIn, on their Twitter, on Facebook, I always see them just once a week, maybe a couple, maybe even just a couple of times a month. But like, I've done this thing. Mm-hmm. And they just provide you with the impressive details and they yeah. move on. Yeah. All right. Um, 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 what should I do? I should have done the Mr. Burns thing last you night. You should have. You should be selfing and go, yeah. I'm at Mr. Burns. At the theater. At the theater. Then it'll be worth $100. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Great advice, Andy. Uh, I'm going to start doing that. Do it. All right. Do it. Once a week, something impressive. Leave out the boring details like, i.e., mine was 10 minutes for a small yep. listener base. Put the impressive stuff. Yep. And I reckon that it will snowball. Did I anyone really ask you any follow up questions like, ABC Adelaide question mark? Nope. And that's the brilliant <laughs> thing. That is the brilliant thing. And and you've got to and one thing I, I noticed about all these posts for people that I do admire, I do look up to as, as like they're out there doing things, is that they they tell the they tell the um the people that are reading it how to feel. I put on it was excellent. Like it's like yeah. oh I'm excited to do that. Yeah. You've got to use emotion mm-hmm. and what you did. Mm-hmm. It's no good just going, I went to the ABC studios. You've got to be like, it was so great to talk about. Okay. You've got to lead people. Yeah. Because social media is so fast mm. that people will read it and go, Oh, it's just information boring. But if yeah. they can hook a hook an emotion onto it, then it, it works. Oh. Do it. Do it. Very good. Very good. Call to action for the P poppers. I'm doing it. Good. Doing it. Good. Get yourself a Twitter account. What pipe are you going to use it on? I'm not sure. I'm going to have to re-listen to what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's my news. Can I ask you a question, Andy? Uh, Yes. Slightly leading. Uh, Have we had a lot of plays lately? We have had so many plays. Hmm, I feel like we've hit a a milestone with the number of plays. We have. It's 500 times 10. 50? 100? (laughs) (laughs) 5,000 plays. 5,000 plays. plays for Bloody 28 hell. episodes and Jesus. in one year. Amazing. That's due to the people that listen to our voices. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, every listener. And uh, if all of you tell five more people about the podcast, uh, we might get to 6,000 listeners. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. And if you don't, you'll be letting us down. Come on, Gibsonites. You can do it. Teabaggers. baggers <sighs> 
poppers. Pee poppers. I'd, I'd like to thank uh, Andy and Cameron for supporting me throughout the podcast. Their um, their, you know, their support for what I do and what I say has been really important to me. And I'd like to thank you guys for for you know, basically. Yeah, right. Get help. With it. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, <laughs> if only I'll if, just trail off now. <laughs> if only audio could pick up our eye rolls. <laughs> can you do it? Can you do an audio sound for an eye roll? Yeah, yeah like, no, hang on, that. it would just be like. Yeah, that's your wet, soggy sound. Okay, it's now time for Gibbo's news, and I've got a new segment I'm going to talk about oh, later. I, we haven't had a new segment for ages, yeah, yeah, Gibbo. It's a great one. Now, this isn't really Gibbo's news, but I'm going to include it in my segment. We are now going to get the score for uh, Cameron's rubbish science competition. The the pop most relevant science. Cameron's of the rubbish year. science competition. <laughs> Unfortunately, bringing up the rear, the massive T-bone. T-bag. <laughs> 1.13. Um, Andy is 1.36. I've gone up. Yeah, you uh, just uh, got, uh, uh, you've uh, got, got like one, you got three uh, uh, papers. Every site, your score goes up by 50%. That's why I'm a fucking awesome scientist. Relevant scientist. I'm a relevant scientist. And uh, CJS is at 1.58. Oh, oh, wow. Well mm. done, CJS. Thank you. Yeah, anyway. Still winning. Love it. Good love metric. It. This is good metric. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention quickly, uh, Science Day, March for Science Day, ah. occurred on Sunday, I believe. Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Did Actually, would you have gone if you got the right date? Uh, there's a problem. I probably wouldn't have gone because Adelaide was the only city in Australia that didn't have it. It did? Did yeah, it? Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. Really? Because yeah. I looked it up on the internet and it didn't mention Adelaide. Yeah. No, I had it midday no. at the... Uh, really? No, it was in front of the library. All right, I take it back. Question is, if I'd known it was on, would I have gone? Yep. Oh, probably not. Cameron? Well, not on... No. I mean, I knew it was on, mm. but I didn't go. I knew it was on, and I chose to go camping with friends. And I think there's a lot of scientists that didn't go because they're just so busy being scientists like i heard people say that they didn't go because there was no one focus there was no one theme mm -hmm. they didn't feel motivated to go there was no oh. empowerment as part of it it was just from what i saw on twitter it was a load of people who got together with um slogan t-shirts yeah funny funny ones funny slogan t-shirts yep. about science and of course there's loads of commentary now saying look that was great we did get and it actually didn't even make the news for as far as i could see there was like small segments, but you know there was no massive impact. I, I did see it on the ABC News, oh, I think, good. on Channel Twenty Four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and of course now they're saying that look, that was one part of the whole process. Now we have to be advocates for science, but that's that's what we're doing. Yeah, anyway. one of the things I, I one of the things I noticed was there was a lot of like this is it was kind of a, almost an anti-Trump thing as well because you know he's against climate change and and climate science. He doesn't believe in it. So there was, that was a strong theme of the well, thing? I think that's how it started and it kind of spread around yeah. the world where wherever people felt that current policy is is not going the way that science or scientists think. Uh, but do you know any scientists who went? No, I don't. Uh, on Twitter, I've got a few friends who did go. They okay. are scientists and science communicators. But I really feel like it was like the cheerleaders of science went as opposed to yeah. the scientists. Yeah. I saw there was a talk at the Adelaide one by your mate, Fossil. Fossil oh, Crocs. God. He's at fucking everything. Look, Paul Willis, he's a nice chap. But really, Adelaide, we got so many other people that could get up and talk. He's the go-to person. Yeah, why aren't they coming to me? I don't know. Get teabag. That's that's the problem. Teabine. Yeah, I wonder who who it was really aimed at. At least here in in Adelaide or in Australia, we didn't have any direction. So from the school saying, "Hey, this ah, thing's happening. Yeah. It's really important that mm. that scientists have a voice and that voice is heard." Like we didn't get an email saying that it's even happening. We we had to find out through. Our That's own means. interesting. I would assume the universities would be all over this. No, there was nothing went around that I saw. Nothing at all. And like I said, I didn't know about it till it was over and I saw the news mm. that night. So anyway. So it would be interesting to hear a real demographic of, of who was there. Yeah. It seemed, or it could have been more like just people who uh, are pro-science, which is great to see that there's people there but aren't necessarily working scientists. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, at least the, the four main pillars of what the Adelaide one 
were trying to achieve, I think only one of them was based on policy relating to science funding. All right, Gibbo's segment. That wasn't it. No, that's oh, not Gibbo's Jesus segment. Christ, I thought no, we were no. done. New segment, Gibbo's achievements. Oh, Gibbo's the best. Look what he's achieved. <laughs> All right, here we go. I like to set myself goals. Okay. And then achieve them. Okay. <laughs> For example, a thousand sites in Scopus achieved. Yep. Over 50 journal articles achieved. Yep. Named CI on an ARC grant. There's a big pause between R and C there. When I... Achieved. Yeah. Well one more. Promotion to ac- academic level C. Achieved. Well Bang. Now, one thing I haven't done yet, and what, one of the things I want to achieve this year, amongst other things, is to get my H index up to 20 in Scopus and Web of Science Ooh. before the end of the year. It's 20. not there yet. What are you at the moment? Uh, 19 in Scopus, 18 in Web of Science. Ooh. Yeah, take that. Yesterday, I did I did achieve something that I've been trying to achieve for at least a few months. An erection? Nope. <laughs> nope. There's ways to achieve that no matter what. Viagra? <laughs> uh, no. It is this. I go to the park with my kids. Yep. And we like to kick the football around. Yep. One day, I kicked the football so high, it nearly <laughs> got stuck in a gum tree. A gum tree? Wow. Big 50-foot tall gum tree, but it... It stayed there for a couple of seconds and then it eventually fell down. Beautiful. And me and me and my daughter were just like, wow, what if it had got stuck? Yeah. What would we have done? Yeah. And since then, it has my, been my goal to kick <laughs> one of the kids' balls up into a gum tree <laughs> and have it get stuck. I don't mean stuck. I mean stuck, stuck. So it ain't coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Because you hate those balls. Yep. You hate kicking those balls. I love kicking them into the tree, <laughs> and I love them getting stuck. Evidently. And I got one stuck yesterday. Yeah. It ain't coming down. Ooh. Where it is, is it? It's stuck. It's in a big, massive gum tree at the wetlands near the Army Barracks in Warradale. All right. I've got a photo of it, yeah. and I'm going to take a photo every week to see if it's still there. <laughs> it's a bright blue ball yes. with spikes on it. Yes. And it's it's caught in this branch. It's like a cradle. It's been very windy. It's been really windy recently, Gibbo. Well, this is the thing. I'm confident it's going to still be there. But you're right. right. It could come down. All right. Any but moment. I tell you what, I was so proud. And and, and Shauna and, and my son they were, were like, like, wow. They were like, wow, Dad, you did it. You're the best. Yeah. My wife was less impressed. <laughs> yeah. She paid for the much, ball. Much less impressed. <laughs> Especially when I started kicking the second ball up into the tree. But the kids were like, do it, Dad, do it, do it, do it, do it. And every time it would go up and then come back down, my daughter would go, Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. But then when it got stuck, I was her hero. You are a hero, T-Bag. And that's it. Gibbo's achievements. Oh, Gibbo's just the best at achieving things. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Oh, one more little bit of news. Daryl Jones, a.k.a. Heavy, Heavy D, D, keeps calling me Teabag. Yes. Ah, <laughs> Feedback from listeners. Holy shit. Had a busy shit. week? Busy week, guys? Busy week? Oh, lots of listeners. Lots of listeners. Loads, loads of, of listeners. Um, first of all is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast that just went, and that was 28, I think. Um, Lewis McKenzie on Twitter said, the highlight of my day was getting a mention on Publish, Perish, or Podcast. Ooh. Smiley face. Yeah. Laughy smiley face. The silliest academic podcast. Yo, we are. We are so silly. <laughs> the silliest. We are certainly the silliest. Thank you very much, Lewis. Love it. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you. Also on the forum, andymatter.net. 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 We had a a post on what would you like us to discuss from Alicia. Mm. And she got a question for us or a a thing for us to discuss, which we'll do in in another podcast. But right at the bottom, she says, thanks for making such a great science-based podcast. Some great advice on navigating the world during and beyond PhD life. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was actually some, it was, it was yeah. great. I mean, it's what we aim to do. Hope, like, you always hope people grab stuff and get some advice from this. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just us sat talking into mics. Yes. Mm. But it's so nice that we're having an impact yep. in the yeah. real world. Oh, I love hearing from new Gibsonites. It's brilliant. And the last little bit is uh, from a friend of ours, 
uh, friend of the podcast, friend, yep. colleague, yep. is Ingo Kerper. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. That's I it. got it. That's it. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. So he says on Facebook, uh, what did he say? Which is essentially, we, we've we got it wrong. Yeah. So uh, episode 28, maybe, um, he wrote something in uh, and uh, we all tried to pronounce his name. <laughs> And it was you got yeah, it was Andy and Cameron just botched it. Yeah. So Ingo Kerper. Kurt Koper. Well, are we all gonna say it again? I think it's Ingo Cooper. Yeah, that. Go on, Gibbo. Go on, see back. Ingo Cooper. All right, Ingo, who got closest? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's me. It's Cameron. Definitely not me. It's definitely not Andy. <laughs> all right. And that's but all the feed. Oh. Big thanks to Ingo. He is a regular listener. Mega and fan. Often Excellent. has feedback. Often Excellent. has feedback. Love it. Oh, it's time for something. Topic of the day. Ooh, topic, topic of the day. Topic of the day. That was so nice, Chris. <laughs> the topic for the day is from the forum. It's going off. AndyMatter.net. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Forum. <laughs> and it's from um, Electrons on Mars. Um, and As, uh, everyone will know that you mentioned him in the last episode. Yes, he was in the last episode. Our, thank you, Electrons from our, Mars. Our first photograph. Yes, um, our first photographs the, avatar. Forum. And mm-hmm. uh, we would like everyone to put a photograph on yeah. there. And uh, do we it. will all do it by the next episode. We will all do it, won't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Cameron's got a bloody spreadsheet. we got to do it now. <laughs> all right. He says, as a chemistry grad student, I still haven't got the hang of keeping up with the literature. The more papers I look at in a day, the less I remember from each one. Conversely, if I make sure to really understand the papers I read, I end up with a huge backlog of unread papers. So the question is, how do you keep up with the literature? And on a similar note, how often do you read papers that are outside of your sliver of the field? That Mm -hmm. is a great Question. I think to be uh, combo on Mars. A few great questions in that. Absolutely. Great questions, electrons on Mars. Cameron, start where you wish. Well, so I think that his first thing is how do you keep up with the literature? And mm. it's mm. it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, I think the first hard thing is catching up with the literature. Like when you first enter a research project. Yeah. Mm. So it's really rare that the what you're actually doing in the research project is even taught in the undergraduate level at all Mm. like the undergraduate level they kind of teach you the things they've been teaching for 30 years yeah and then the research projects have to be current work Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. else they won't be publishable yeah um so there's really that real big learning curve at the start on how to get through um so i mean i i mean i have started a few research few new research projects in the last say three or four years yeah and I think the best starting point there is to really just get a, a broad overview and that's best coming from books or review articles. Yeah, I was going to say review articles are a great source. Essentially, someone's done the hard work for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So instead of reading like the key articles, say every year for the 15 years, whatever the field's been growing for, mm-hmm. hopefully a good research Review article would do that for you and kind of get you up to speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you have this like uh, solid foundation of knowledge, it's easier to then read the newer articles. Like this whole thing of say reading things carefully and then forgetting things is uh, the more you know about the field, the easier it is to remember the the new bits of information that come up. Mm. One of my past supervisors said to me you get a sixth sense for the field yeah and i think that's what he meant he meant like just reading a little bit every day you'll start to find out what's on trend Mm -hmm. you'll find out what like if there's if there's a genuine kind of new thing yeah rather than like an iterative or or next step project so yeah that's a interesting way i haven't thought about it like that at all but now Mm. say when i read a paper new in these fields that i'm quite comfortable in I find I really don't read many of the actual words. <laughs> I would actually, like, instead I look mean? at the figures and sure. I interpret the data for myself. Yeah. And then from that, mm. I kind of get an idea of, is this worth me reading or not? 
Um, and if it's a piece of data where I, where I think, wow, that result is amazing, yep. then I'd make the decision to go back. Okay. Otherwise, you kind of can just get the gist. Like, I, I mean, I don't read introductions at all anymore. Yeah. Um, I'll go straight to results or maybe I might. And then if the results look interesting, I'll go back and I'll read the abstract. Mm. It's weird that we don't read papers in the way in which they're presented to us. Like, well, well, not in our own fields. No, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. But if you're outside of that field, then that's I would very read, important. I would read from start to finish, maybe skipping the methods. So should there be a in-field edit of a paper? Well, I don't think there's any one way. Um, yeah. I read an article on... Um, in nature recently where they asked people at different stages of the career how they read papers. Professor said, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a professor said what I what I just said, where okay. like skimmed the data, looked at yeah. the results, made interpreted myself. Yeah. Chris, you're in a, a smaller field, well, in a California, calibration what do you do cantilever calibration. calibration so if i look are you reading every paper that comes out on cantilever calibration yeah yeah there's, there's probably these days there's probably only about 10 to 20 per year so i can actually i can actually keep up with them pretty easily yeah. and how do you find them uh so i would uh look up my my google scholar account uh-huh. and i would look up the papers that cite my papers yep and yep. often i'll find i'll oh, find cantilever okay. papers there but i i primarily one question i was going to ask you what search engine would you primarily use i i have to admit google scholar is the one i go to first because it picks up everything it picks up a lot more stuff than web of science and scopus does mm. and it seems to pick up things a lot earlier yep and i will sometimes actually go to the journal websites and search them because they'll have stuff that's much much earlier on the website than okay than even google scholar can get yeah but for my area yeah i would actually look up papers that cite my work and, and check those out as well yeah so i yeah i'm, I'm only google or i i rarely even do scholar I just do google oh yeah. Uh, yeah or i would sometimes do scopus because you can do some refinements for oh, yeah. searches in there that you can't do in google yeah, yeah i probably don't no i don't use scopus at all it's so like when i so when i was researching the there's so many uh, journals that take the sorts of papers I would be interested in mm-hmm. that really, like you were saying, a broad search really yeah. is the most useful because I want to get everything that uses electrodes at the time from like biology all the way through to like hardcore physics or yes. material science. Well, I mean, yeah, like Chris, I, I also look at whoever cites my own papers. Mm. Uh, yeah. um, so you, you firstly get the e- little ego boost that, you know, they think you're good. So like, so you kind of, you're more inclined to believe what they write when they cite your work. I love it. I just love it so much. <laughs> uh, and I also... Um, have some like so i get email updates whenever i get a citation i don't have to do what chris does and constantly press refresh on google scholar every all the time that's what i do uh but you can see you get an email alert from that through pretty much all of the search engines and i also get email alerts for some key articles in my field Mm. so say if i really like a review article i would get updates for whenever a citation comes to that review article yeah or oh. if there's some article which is like the article in the field and mm. everyone kind of has to cite this one for quantum computer or yeah. this one for graphene in uh, at a battery, mm. then I would look at the citations coming through for that one. How, and the, is it, you do that through the journal's website? So I would I normally would do it more through a search engine. So through Scopus okay. or Web of Science, you can do it. Yeah, you can probably do it through a journal website as well, but I don't. There's something called is there something called RSS feeds or something like yep. that I've heard yep. of. Yeah, it, it'll notify you of papers that that you you tell it that you want to that you're interested in or, yep. or a yep. field. So I have RSS feeds for the the what I think are the top journals in my field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that one, so just in my Outlook then, every day it comes up with the just accepted manuscripts for my chosen journals. But now we're getting into Electrons on Mars' other problem where there's so many. <laughs> yes. How do you sort the shit from the flowers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. And And like some days I really think like I'm going through like my so I, I only have say four journals ACS Nano Nano Letters uh, and the the all the nat- the nature 
the actual natures. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not scientific reports. Yeah, the ones with nature in their name. Um and so there's not that many to go through, but some days I might end up clicking on, say, five that would be ones that I'm interested in. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then I just got to find time through the day to do my thing of scrolling through the results. Yeah. If I then think they're good enough to actually read, I print them out to read yeah. properly. That's And so the sorting, because, I mean, the way I, I like to, I used to like to structure my day is all of the brain energy at the front of the day. Mm-hmm. So all of the stuff that I've got energy for and and requires energy to think about or do um i would put that at the front of the day but this activity is like an hour at the end of the day when you're a little bit tired and all you're really doing is scrolling through looking and flagging them being yeah. like read it later yeah read it later and it doesn't take much brain energy to do that no but it does take brain energy then to read it later yeah and that's definitely the hard part yeah. What, yeah, what i don't do is i don't accumulate a whole bunch of papers and then Try and devote some time to reading all of them front. front you to just back. wouldn't do it. No, I, I just don't do it that way. Yeah, there's whole chunks of papers I won't read. So, so for me, it's a little different. I guess I sort of read them as I need to. So, say for example, I'm involved in a project and I'm doing the the Raman spectroscopy. Yeah. And so what I might I might need some reference spectra, mm. so to confirm that what I've measured is what it what it should be. Mm-hmm. So I'll do exactly what you sort of said. I'll actually type in in Google. Raman of graphene, and I'll go to images. Yeah. And then that'll show me some spectra. Hopefully that looks something like what I've measured, and then I'll click on that, and then that will take me to a paper. Sure. And then through that, I might look at that paper, and, and then even then I may only read the Raman section for that paper, and I may not really bother with any, like if it's got an application that I'm not interested in or something else like that, mm-hmm. or the atomic force microscopy section. Because I, I, I manage instruments and so my input into a lot of papers is I do measurements on some samples. So I tend to be focused on certain sections of papers. Mm. Um, so that's that's really these days, that's what I'm mainly doing when yeah. it comes to reading papers. Yeah, I'm not good. reading many papers front, front to back. I'm kind of wondering now, like, so say if Electrons on Mars feels like they're falling behind the literature, yeah. um, like how far behind is okay? Mm. You'll never know. Yeah. And really, that's the thing is you don't you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so... Well, yeah. So I, I, I think it's not something you should really be too concerned about. Yeah, I wouldn't stress overly. If you're reading papers fairly regularly, then you're doing enough. I think as long as you really know what you're doing, like you have that foundation that you know what your research project is about, you don't yeah. have to know everything that's been done before. Mm. Uh, you don't have to be completely new and unless you're really you know in the title of your paper you're saying new method to do this sure you better you know there's always this thing where you say to the best of my knowledge uh, no one yeah. has done this before yeah yeah uh, and so you know you have to do your pretty thorough google search before you write that you're doing something for the first time but there time. should there should be a paper out there that at least is kind of like the the go-to paper for the field you're in yeah or yeah. something similar to what you're trying to do. So for cantilever calibration, there was for me the work by by John Sader. Oh, you've never mentioned him before. The John Sader, Professor John Sader. So I, I would naturally uh, gravitate to his work and read all his stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I sort of did. Yeah, good. Hmm. So I think so I think we've covered for electrons on Mars the how do you keep up with the literature and really I guess the, to paraphrase everything is it's tough. Yeah. But dedicate a little bit of time just to finding papers when you can and don't stress too much about being the the font the, the font of all knowledge the, fount, the, fount, <laughs> the fountain the fountain of knowledge of knowledge on on that one thing and no. like you say as long as you've got enough to to know your research project yeah as long as when in a meeting someone can say hasn't someone done that before you yes. can say yes or no well, i think it's better when someone's telling you no one's done this before and you can say, hang on a minute, <laughs> actually it has been done before, yeah. so I'm not going to spend two years trying to do it. That's really good. Yeah. Actually, that's so, yeah. that's so, that's so You don't important. have to yeah. reproduce work that's already been done. Yeah. That's very true. And I guess on the, the next bit is Electrons on Mars says, how often do you read papers that are outside your sliver of the field? And I think this is the most, this is almost, once you've got that foundation, some of the most important and interesting science yep. is done at the intersection of disciplines okay yeah 
And it's about combining something like completely weird to your project or something that no one thought, like maybe it's just, it's sort of normal for a certain field, but you've now incorporated into your project and it's something completely different. And once again, I think for me, there's it's tough, but you've just got to every so often, if there's something that interests you about the science world, yep. just go and have a go and read it. Spend 20 minutes, half an hour searching around in that one idea or space that you've never been in before. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll pay off. But to be honest, a lot of the time, it probably won't. Well, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, like, uh, what was the question? Like how long? Or yeah, yeah. I so really how often do how you read? Often? Yeah, yeah. So not so often. So I, yeah. I look at say the like nature and science. They both come out every week, so I have a look at what's in the contents of them. Yeah. And then if there's something that I'm interested in, like I'm not, list, I'm not going to read anything based on astronomy because there's no point always in there and they're just so boring and it's hard to follow <laughs> take right? that alan duffy <laughs> of swinburne uni stop spending money on astronomy astronomy burn amen <laughs> all right so what was i saying oh yeah so yeah so i just look at those ones if anything's interesting i might read it uh, there's often these good like summaries of papers in those ones as well where it's a bit more um approachable for a non-expert in the field Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and another source for me is just going to the school seminars Um, so these ones is rarely in your exact field but they're in say chemistry and physics at least where we are in a school of well chris and i are in a school of chemistry and physics Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and there you are kind of getting an idea of what other people do Mm. Um, and so i often would go in not interested and I often come out not interested, but sometimes it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and so the same thing with conferences. Um, you know, there's not a talk you really want to go to. Maybe just go see something. Yeah. Um, if you don't like the first five minutes, start playing on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's okay. Yep. You're sitting at the back. No one's going to yeah. notice. You're sitting at the front. No one's going to notice. Cause the person next to you is also just playing on their phone mm, or right. their laptop. Yeah. All right. So the last little bit, I guess I want to kind of just cover briefly is... Mm-hmm. Is it better to read loads of papers and have like an idea yeah. about what they're kind of saying? Or is it better to sort of pick and choose and know a, sort of a much smaller section of the literature, but just very well? Well, I mean, for me, I am definitely the former. I read lots of papers and I read sections of them and I skim Lots yeah. of sections. Yeah. That but tends that's to be in your in your characterization. Yeah, that like tends to be what those. Happens. You're only really interested in those small sections. Then. Yeah. So that that's sort of how it's evolved for me. Um, but that's the nature of my job, I guess, is why it's evolved that way. Mm. Um, so that yeah, I tend to read lots of papers, but but not really in in massive detail. The first few papers I would read really carefully. Yeah. Um, but then after that, I kind of get faster and faster as I feel more. It's at like home a gradient. Subject. You're just sliding it across. You're sliding the bar from read really well. Yes. And you as the as your projects progress, and you're sliding it across to skim. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. exactly how it happens. Yeah. Excellent. So I think just for you know electrons on Mars at other graduate student level, um, they shouldn't be too concerned with mm. the reading of the the literature as long as you know what you're doing you have you have enough knowledge that you can give input for what to do next mm. it's good to be driving those types of decisions yeah um and then that's that's really enough like actually doing the research is more important than reading about what other people have done yeah electrons on mars i hope we answered your question yeah. i hope we were helpful thank you very much our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. Hopefully this one isn't everyday. If it is everyday, yep. you're doing something wrong. Yep. Now get excited, people. We've had getting drunk. Mm-hmm. And today, the Science This topic from the forum from Blanche, Blancherama, Adam. Blanche Dubois. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. Blanche Dubois. <laughs> <laughs> the topic is... The Blanchester. Hangovers. 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 This is such an Australian podcast. We've had drunk hangovers and pornography, I think, haven't we? Yep, yep, yep. The three things everyone thinks about when they think of Australia. Exactly. We've hit hit the big three. (laughs) 
So uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that we did Getting Drunk already in episode 14. So uh, we've been having a bit of a conversation the last few weeks about what to do in science this. Yeah. And Chris keeps mentioning a particular topic. Mm. And I keep saying no. <laughs> it's pretty much the same as something we've already done before. And so I was fighting to do hangovers for this week. Which is connected to drunkenness as well. Well, yeah. And then I was looking through like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Have we done this before? Mm. I saw that we did Getting Drunk in episode 14. Yeah. I listened to that today. Did yes. you listen to that? No. At all? My uh, science this for getting drunk was... The same. Stopping a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> We are doing my science this next week. Get ready for science this of getting buff. Cut point. Okay. Now, uh, so for in that episode 14, I was stopping getting a hangover by adding a catalyst to my liver yep. to increase the degradation of acetaldehyde. Fuck, do you which- know that's mine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. It's not mine, that's for sure. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't do getting I've been buff. Brainwashed. <laughs> we d- damn it, getting buff. It must have been a good idea and memorable. <laughs> All right, well, we'll uh, that means I can go for extra long on mine, uh, can't I? All right, so I've I've found something else. Fuck, <laughs> I haven't. So that was for preventing a hangover. Actually, mine's kind of preventing a hangover anyway. All right, so. I use a different <laughs> different tactic this week, Fuck the and I I search for journal articles on the topic. Holy shit! So normally, uh, and so I found this one thing in the journal, which is called Neuropsychopharmacology, and uh, mm. this happens to be part of the Nature Publishing Group. So I'll call it by its correct name: Nature <laughs> Neuropharmo <laughs> Neuro <laughs> Nature. <laughs> Neuropsychopharmacology. Jesus, oh, yeah. What because, a mouthful. I mean, we all know that all nature publishing group journals are just brilliant, no matter what. They are. Love them. Yep. So brilliant. Just like scientific reports. And so in this particular um, article that I was reading, it was actually from 2003, they actually argue that we people don't actually know what causes the hangover. Ooh. And that it's just guessed that it's acetaldehyde or Andy's nodding because he's that. got that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, really glad I've gone first. Oh, please, I didn't because I would have embarrassed myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so as part of this, uh, this journal I was reading, um, hangovers begin as the blood alcohol level drops to close to zero. Mm. So that's so the hangover, you don't really like, you never really get this headache the night you're more mm. the headache or the, the hangover feeling starts the next morning as mm. your blood alcohol level goes down so so you sorry you don't feel the hangover till it's basically close to zero yeah so as long as you've got alcohol in your system you won't have a hangover yeah that might be what i'm getting at oh interesting <laughs> now mm. the hangover severity like it, as soon as it starts it it sharply increases over the period of about an hour and then it slowly goes down over the rest of the day so if you have a Sunday like what I do or like what like Andy does most days of the week, you can just kind of wait for that hangover to go away. Oh, I've been doing loads of waiting. Yeah. But if you're like Chris or Blanche Dubois, uh, you've got children to look after. Absolutely. Uh, and mm. so you can't really just have a quiet day on Sundays. Very true. Um, and so if you need to be alert and ready whatever you need to do to raise a child, Mm -hmm. you need to stop this hangover from happening. And so Chris has seen this coming. If your hangover begins as your blood alcohol drops near zero, uh, why not just not let it drop to near zero? I see. Remain (laughs) drunk or slightly drunk. Yes. So my invention is to create an in-situ blood alcohol content monitor Mm-hmm. Kind of like how you can now create get devices which will first check your glucose levels in your mm-hmm. bloodstream, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then if you are low on glucose, would in I don't know how does how does the diabetes work? It can then add <laughs> insulin if you need it, low yep. or high, or, yeah. or no, it's just abnormal, isn't it? Mm. That is this problem. And so my invention is checking your blood alcohol level. You're putting it in like I don't want a hangover mode. And then it's just keeping you with a blood alcohol content high enough that this hangover doesn't begin. Mm. Okay. 
And I'm looking after my kids slightly drunk. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that- I see nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you're looking after your kids, you're going to work, you've got a big day at work. Uh, you're just happier. Well, do you know what? So there's this thing in the drug-taking community of which I am proudly their president. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, in Google, in Silicon Valley and stuff, they're, they're micro-dosing. So they're microdosing LSD. Okay. They're microdosing cannabis. They're m- microdosing all these sorts of drugs to yep. just to to get the benefits, but without feeling the effects. Okay. So a so little like bit of, the slowness or the disorientation or or whatever. Yeah, the yeah that's drug right. Is. So for LSD, it's the creativeness. It's the connection between neurons. It's that heightened state of, yep. of kind of creativity. Yeah. But you're so not they, getting scared. But you're not. Yeah, you're not looking at your TV thinking you're going to be sucked in. You know, like so no hallucinating. Yeah. Mm. So mm. <laughs> I see this being un- falling under that umbrella. Oh, so well, of course. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That. I mean. So you're not. My drunk. company. It's starting as not drunk. Yeah. And then it's going. My, the next step is I'm not high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you have to stay like that forever. Uh, well, or you can just slowly you, wean yourself until off, you yeah. have the the yeah. one day when you can go through the hangover process. Oh, okay, All right, interesting, interesting. Uh, and uh, uh, I just thought we could kind of spitball names for the this invention. All right. Oh, so actually, I I, I had two ideas, and, and yours was one of them, uh, but I've got another one that's much better and um, different. Uh, I was saying you could you could wear like a booze backpack. Hang on. <laughs> We <laughs> you didn't listen at all to my question. We look. We're, we're coming up with names for the company. Oh, the company! I was coming up for the names for the device. Ah, okay. Oh, that too. Well, it could be. It could oh, be the booze uh, backpack. So, oh, you're the booze backpack. The, the booze backpack. So, right. so I envisaged it being like a backpack. Okay. And and like you, like you'd have something that would monitor Just sloshing it, around all day. <laughs> you'd need. Well, I guess, yeah, I, I envisioned it being like a huge tank of beer, but in fact, it could be just concentrated ethanol or something yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't have to be a backpack necessarily. <laughs> It'd be like, what's that What's that beer you really like? Cooper's. No, no Cooper's the, the, the Fox, Fox hat. hat. Oh, Fox hat. It's lethal, that stuff. <laughs> but yeah. great. Uh, yeah, so I've had a lot of time to think about it. I can't think good. of a good name, but um, uh, I've got All Day Buzz. <laughs> All day buzz. That's good. That's all right. Yeah, but I've had a, I've had ADB. a while. Yeah. ADB. ADB. That's better. Yeah. All day buzz. Um, how about rosy cheeks? <laughs> rosy cheeks. Well, yeah, and then it's you know uh, don't bother with the blush. Ah, uh, yeah. Get your rosy cheeks from the all day buzz. Boom! We've got yeah. a marketing campaign. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, no, that's that's not bad, Cameron. Not bad. We all thought of the same thing, though, didn't we? Was that your idea, Andy? Well, I'm going to go next. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Well yeah, done, yeah. Cameron. Cameron loved it. Well, I'm, we, we can just tell you what. we could just skip you if you've got nothing. No, original. I'm, I'm you've, fucking, been, you've been shuffling I've been papers shuffling like away. crazy. I'm going to do yeah. it. I'm going to do it for pee pops for the pee poppers. Oh, you just come up with an idea. Just, just come now. up with an idea just then. Holy all right. right. So Shit. you would have had a sensible one, I, and then I got it, and now you're going to go look for a very I, stupid idea, I, I, now very silly idea. Exactly. That's and exactly Lewis how I said we're a silly podcast, and you're going to go silly. I was looking up everything. I turned the body into a little catalyst-like chamber. <laughs> And I was like, this is the best. Like, it took me like 20 minutes. I was like, yeah. And I'm like looking up things. I'm like, yeah. I'm so pleased I didn't go first. How embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and I did that in episode 14. Oh, good. How embarrassing. We're definitely doing getting buff next week, that's for sure. All right. So, mine. Here Cut we go. <laughs> Hangovers. We hate them. We hate them. Yep. <laughs> we hate hangovers. But there's something that I hate. Even more than hangovers. Okay. Um, and that's um, when I have a hangover yeah. and there's another fucking chirpy person who doesn't have a hangover. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. What are you right? going to do to them? And you are not the chirpiest person to begin with. I am not a chirpy person. What I want to do is I want, I want my hangover to be shared with those around me. So what I'm doing is I'm turning the <laughs> hangover chemicals in the body yep. into a gas that I exhale <laughs> and you inhale it and you get a little bit of the hangover. Okay. Um, um, okay. And Yep. How? So 
Please, you asked. <laughs> okay, I wasn't it sure if I was allowed to. It gives him more seconds to think of the answer. As Cameron rightly pointed out in episode 14, it's the... Which we all remember. Which we all rem- I remember. Yeah. I mean, I didn't I have to listen remember. to it back to hear what I myself yeah. said. So it's the, it's the conversion of acetaldehyde into acetic acid, which is the final stage in the hangover. And it's the buildup of the toxic acetaldehyde. And so what I'm doing is I'm ingesting small nanoparticles of catalyst uh-huh. and I'm ingesting but on the outside of these catalysts are extra reactions that I've not looked up, but I'm sure they exist, <laughs> is to turn that into a gas. Okay. Ooh. And it's not just going to come out through my mouth, but I'm going to ooze acetaldehyde. Sweat, everything. So sweat, everything, eyes, tears. Acetaldehyde is coming out as a gas. As a gas. So I'm assuming that means you really high temperature in no, your body? No, that's the great thing about these nanoparticles, okay. is that the surface of these nanoparticles absorb energy and turn acetaldehyde selectively uh-huh. Uh-huh. into a gas. <laughs> <laughs> using nanotechnology. Using nanotechnology. Wow. Your transferable science skills are so solid. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. And then I'm going to become this cloud of walking acetaldehyde. Uh-huh. And as I walk past people, they're going to suck in and go, oh, God, I don't feel so great. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm gonna, and they're gonna and look then at you me. Can, you can moan along with them. Yeah, exactly. You would love that. I'd love a good moan. <laughs> I love a good moan. And there is certainly science in the world that if there's someone in the same boat as you, mm-hmm. everything's better. Yeah, I'm passing. Misery my- loves company. Are you worried that, like, if? They they weren't drinking the night before, and mm. they next moment they wake up and they feel like they have a hangover. Yeah, would they start thinking they have like a brain tumor or something worse? Not, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand why you have to breathe it out. Can't you just like release a smoke bomb of a cigarette? God, how obvious! How <laughs> obvious! God, imagine that's, what that I- Chris. Don't you not along with that? <laughs> that doesn't use science, Cameron. <laughs> There's science in smoke bombs. I see that hard smoke bombs. But imagine walking into a room and just being like, like Batmaning it. Boxh! <laughs> yeah, oh, so what was like, that? Oh god, man, my fucking and people puking in the corner. And, oh, oh. No, mine's yeah. much more subtle. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I can see. I can see why the subtlety is important. It's very important. You don't want people to know that you're giving them a hangover. <laughs> Would you both right. stop just nodding yeah. and smiling at <laughs> me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Scienced gib. Yeah. All right then. So Cameron's yours was derivative and unoriginal. <laughs> Andy's yours lacked all science. <laughs> <laughs> disappointing, guys. Minute. Really, really I disappointing. Said nanoparticles no, and surface no, functionalization no, no. with selectivity. I work in nanotechnology. That doesn't impress me. I no. used to work in nanotechnology, and I know that that's fine. That still doesn't right. impress me. All right. What are you? Gibbo clones. Yeah, come team, on, robots. Nope, nope, nope. No uh, Gibbo clones, no Gibbo robots, no matter-transported Gibbo clones. This is what I've got. What causes a hangover? We've already heard some of it. That bit of chemistry you talked about with acetaldehyde. Helderhyde. This has got it written down. Got it written down as well, and like I still that. can't pronounce it. Yeah, one zero um, one one zero. <laughs> now dehydration is also something that's supposed to um, affect a hangover, but I think the science on that is a little bit um, inconclusive. I think we all looked at the same articles today. Yeah. <laughs> I looked up Wikipedia. I assume you guys did. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Wikipedia. It's like an electronic encyclopedia. It's How's got that the answers to everything. <laughs> It's my laugh of derision. Um, now, the other one is your immune system, apparently. Um, uh, drinking alcohol affects your immune system, causes some sort of imbalance, and that can make you feel crook. And the other okay. thing is something called congeners or congeners. So, you know, in, in wine, do you know, is that, oh, I'm probably okay. pronouncing yeah. it incorrectly, but in wine or in dark alcohols, you have um, sometimes uh, histamines, fusel oil, esters. Fusel, fusel oil. Fusel oil. That's what, what, that's what Wikipedia says. Oil. Esters. I said esters. Furfural yep. and tannins. Mm, um, love me. All some of which tannins. are toxic and can apparently make your your hangover worse. There's been some studies yeah. where people have reported far worse hangovers drinking uh, red wine <sighs> than beer or vodka. And My something like red that. wine hangover is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the so what I'm doing is I'm trying to reduce the effects of the hangover even at the very beginning of the night when you're drinking. Good. So I'm not drinking dark alcohols. Yeah. The best to drink is uh, ethanol mixed with some fruit juice. So you don't have to worry about con- these congeners and all that sort of thing making yeah. it worse. Congener- Are there any congeners in fruit juice? Um, not that Wikipedia said. Good. Oh, there probably is, but I don't think I don't think they're as bad as what's in in like uh, bourbon and uh, red wine and things like that. But why are you mixing it at all? Just to give it a nice flavour. You ever drunk pure ethanol? No, I haven't. Oh, it's <laughs> not very good. It was just horrible. So that's what I'm drinking. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed with a, a fruit yeah. a fruit yeah. juice that's going to make uh, it uh, you're palatable. You're silencing it. You're not taste testing it. Exactly. Exactly. And then the next day when the hangover sets in, yeah, um, I'm not looking after the kids. So like I said, you're drinking pure ethanol flavored with, with fruit juice to minimize the congener effect. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the next thing is we're going to fight the hangover. Fight. I like this word. We're going to fight it with other drugs. Oh, good. Right? What do you got? So I'm LSD. hooking up to an IV yep. to rehydrate. Good. It's going to have a bit of glucose in there. Good. Because your, your, your blood sugar drops when you, when you drink alcohol. I feel okay. it. I feel it. Um, and it's also going to contain ibuprofen, which is supposed to be a, a drug that's good to counteract this immune effect okay the effect it has on your immune system yep i'm taking a sedative valium <laughs> why just Whoa. for fun yeah yeah just <laughs> to sleep it off then i'm going into a sensory deprivation oh. tank oh right so you're yeah. in you're in a tank of water that's about 36 37 degrees yeah. salty so you can float yeah you're you're, you're hydrated you've yeah. taken your sedative yeah and now you're gonna sleep and exactly what cameron said the, the, the hangovers I've managed to avoid best are the ones I've slept through. So I'm going to sleep and I'm going to sleep. Upon yeah. waking, I'm going to take some medicinal marijuana. Excellent. And medicinal, then, not, not recreational. And then, now this is going to sound strange because I've already been in a deprivation uh, tank. You're going in another one. Water. No, no. Now I'm drawing a warm bath, mm. a nice warm bath, and I'm going to read some material that's going to relax me it's going to um, excite me not too much, Ooh. and it's going to invigorate me. I'm going to mm. read some of the great papers uh. by Dr. C.T. Gibson. <laughs> Atomic force microscope cantilever calibration using a focused iron beam would be one of those papers. Mm. Oh, Relax. Yeah. Oh, and read some whale the- music. Yeah. Oh. A babbling brook. Actually farting in the sensory the, deprivation <laughs> And the great papers by Dr. C.T. Gibson. Once you finish your bath, you dry yourself off, you get in your gowny, you relax. Your gowny. Gowny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chris, we know what you call it now. Chris calls it a gowny. The gowny cannot have been washed for at least a couple of months. So there's just a lot of, oh. lot of native scents Do you on say it? to your kids, let's get in our gownies? That's what they say to me. Oh, that's adorable. Daddy, where's your gowny? We should do a podcast in our gownies right, just no to problem. see how it all switches up. Do you wear underwear under yours? Uh, I, I wear some form of clothing, yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm a nude gowner. Ooh, we Why? can't do that. Because I sleep nude. We can't do that. You do sleep nude in the winter? Yeah. You sleep nude all the time? Yeah. But remember, for someone like me, it's like wearing a jumper to bed. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of hair ends up <laughs> in your is, bed. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so you finish up, and then by this time, it's sort of early afternoon, and you sit back and you watch some Netflix, nice mm. movie. You've got the marijuana coursing through your veins, so you can yeah. watch anything on the telly, it's and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Hangover, gone. <laughs> I feel fairly confident that mine was easily the most original and easily the best and easily contained the most but amount of science. You just described... Thank you. All you did was describe a really relaxing day. <laughs> That's how you get rid of hangovers. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> 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 no, no. You said you said something about um, measuring alcohol content and then drinking lots. Was that it? No, I said uh, you know if it's the weekend, if you have no plans, you can just no, just no, no. It out. Mine had no. So I was changing up what you're drinking to to not worry about the congeners, and then I've got yeah, essential oh, Jesus Christ. Christ. Why even and need then I've that got stuff? Ibuprofen. No. And I've got medical marijuana. Andy's was better than yours. Oh bullshit! Oh yeah, I agree <laughs> no on that. Way. No way. Music is provided by the excellent Adelaide-based band Voice Rom. Please check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. I don't know if you guys are giving 
given them any money yet, but you should. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, like our Facebook page, join in the forum. The import- AndyMatter.net. 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 The important thing is leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast. That's yep. a very important yep. thing. Yep. And buy the merch. Buy the merch. Buy the merch. Shirts, mugs, kidney dishes. Oh, cool. Yep. Yep, it's all on it's there. It's not mixed in with any matter mer- merch, is it? It is a little bit. <laughs> so just so listeners know, Chris and I are not involved at all at any matter. So uh, yeah, so when you buy my stuff, it all goes to me. <laughs> but I will share the P-pop stuff. Um, Cameron, sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Publish, Perish, or Podcast, and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, All Day Buzz. All Day Buzz. Get those cheeks being rosy. <laughs> Very good. Final farewells. Tea bag. Goodbye from T Bone. Goodbye, Andy. Goodbye, Tea bag. Goodbye, listeners. Bye. <laughs>